Welcome once again to another episode. I am your host, Tolu, back again in the building. And of course, this time I've brought in an Arsenal fan. Um, he is a really interesting gentleman. I've gone um, through a couple of years with this guy. Um, Mayowa, how are you doing? I'm doing good, my bro. How are you doing, man? What's going on? I'm good as well. Um, you these Arsenal guys. I don't know why you guys still love that club, first of all. I just want to ask, like, how are you, how are you and Arsenal? How are you all doing right now? I just want to know. I'll be honest with you, man. Me. First of all, I don't know why you're saying you. Are you not an Arsenal fan, sir? Please, I'm not, please I'm, not, I'm not involved. I don't know such. I don't, so, I don't subscribe to majority, right now, sir. My, I, I, I'm, I'm a fan of Arsenal because I, you know, I love the club, but I'm not. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care if we win or lose anymore. Mm-hmm. I think the coach is not a good coach and everybody has been arguing with me about it for a year. Um, mm. It is what it is. Like, I, my energy is nice on MMA. I watch a lot of MMA. I watch a lot of American football, like, you know, NBA. So I focus on my other sports that I enjoy. <laughs> and, 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 no, the irony of it is that all my all my teams, all my team, all my team sports that I watch, mm-hmm. they all suck. Wow! So the I MMA mean. is very big for me. That's why I put my energy now. Because you know, Rockets talk, the Texans talk is the whole thing. I mean, yeah. I'm just saying maybe yeah. the, the consistency across all these teams is you is all I'm saying. But uh. <laughs> hey, hey, I, I don't know. But you know what, my MMA guys are doing what? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm just saying, you know, we've got to pick better teams. But that aside, though, of course, back back to back to where we're here. Um, of course, I know, I know, obviously, you had some interesting views around, uh, you know, the Super League, um, the formation of it. I had a conversation in the previous podcast with, um, you know, a sports law expert around this thing. And they gave us some really yeah. interesting insights as well, which was slightly different. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, you are coming at it from a fan's perspective. Yeah, you, you, I mean, whatever the numbers, it whatever the um, you know, the legal ramifications. I mean, of course, we, we know we have to play within those um, bounds. But as a fan, how did you feel when you discovered or heard about the Super League? So for me, like, even though I'm a fan, um, like I had a lot of thoughts, cerebrally on either. So as a fan, um, just as a person that's of interest from a like, business perspective, so off the top, and I, so I listened to your your, your podcast with Ini, mm-hmm. and I you know I, I enjoyed it, and I, I I read his tweets as well, like he did a thread of tweets. But, but we're in a group together, right, for the mm-hmm. for the fantasy league. And the first thing I said in the group was, it's not going to be that easy because like if you have experience with anything corporate, anything legal is long, it takes time. Mm-hmm. Like anything you do legally, it takes you months. You have to go. So like off the top, I I was skeptical about the idea that that that, that thing just go forward quickly. Mm-hmm. Right, because come on, we're talking about heavyweights on both sides. Billionaires mm-hmm. on one side, the FIFA on one side, and UEFA and all these guys. There's a lot of money involved. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take that much. It, does, it doesn't go quickly like that when there's money involved at that level. Mm-hmm. So, off the bat, that was my first issue. I was like, bro, I don't think we're gonna. And I, I started to go. I'm like, everybody grab your popcorn. It's gonna be a long battle of like old white men trying to think of trying to find, find uh, figure out who's gonna control the money, mm-hmm. right? And my general sentiment was always. Um, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't know. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's what it is. I don't know if we can complain about UEFA we want. Um, but, but we've enjoyed the product so far. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I, I've, been of the, I've been of the idea for a long time, even before this thing was announced, that um, there's an American agenda in football. I think, they've, I think the Americans have realized that there's too much money in football now. Yeah. And they're trying to infiltrate, infiltrate it. And there's a lot of good things that it will bring. 
Mm. But I think for we that are long-time fans of the game, um, American invasion of football is going to change football as we know it forever. And I was trying to get people to understand that this change you're trying to embrace that you think is evolving or whatever, yeah. um, it's not going to be what you think it is. First, off the top, you know, the having guys be in the league off, not not on merits but off, off of their their sides yeah. over the years. And for me, it was crazy because I said, imagine if you did this ten years ago when it was when it was first being discussed, right? Mm-hmm. Two thousand and nine. Yeah. Spurs wouldn't have made. be there. Correct. Spurs wouldn't be considered because at all. Spurs got there because of their performance on the pitch that gave them access to Champions League, that gave them, gave them access to more fans, that put them in the position that they are in now today. Mm-hmm. Correct. Correct. And, and, and as we speak today, teams like Leicester City and West Ham are on that same path. So mm-hmm. why is, is it, I equate it to being like um. I'm an immigrant to Canada, for example. I moved here yeah. legally. And then I, after five years, I'm saying, no, we don't want any more immigrants in Canada. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. You yeah. can't do that, right? Agreed. We, we need to, and I feel like the, the merit is one of the biggest things in football. Right? Yeah. I, we obviously watch American sports as well. Correct. I, and, and they have a different structure and they have the whole system that works around that, you know, football. In, 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 a, in, in soccer, America, and uh, regular European football, the merit is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like taking that away was taking away too much of the game. Yeah. And it just wasn't going to work. I think if I, 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 I assume that the fans will not accept it in the long term. And even if they did now, they will eventually regret the acceptance of it initially. And that was my whole thing. And I just went on you know, different tangents and <laughs> tried to have different functions and estimations and things like that. You know? Yeah. yeah you, that was my overall sentiment. Yeah. You, I mean, you know, you know how fans, fans always, always take, it, take it to a different direction. Um, so, of course, now, from an Arsenal perspective, right, obviously the initial perspective was obviously when you heard this was that you know it's, it's not going to work, legal b- battles and what have you. From an Arsenal perspective, right. how did you feel when your club was one of the six that were in there? You can keep in mind that obviously Arsenal hasn't performed well at all this season. Um, Arsenal seemed to be you know getting right. worse progressively. Like last season, I think it wasn't, it wasn't even this bad, and now this season they are not even going to enter Europa. It looks like. W- what did you feel right. when Arsenal was? announced to be one of the top six. Did you feel excitement that okay at least we'll get to play the top guys? Or were you one of those who no, were like at all. Yeah. I was so mad. Hmm. I was so mad. But again it goes it goes back to the idea that I've always been um I don't like the so I like the way I is run as a team. Hmm. So in terms of if you think about, you know, the way I don't run as a business, in terms of we we make our money, we spend what we make, we don't overspend. I like that idea. Hmm. But Conky is not a, he's not a great owner. Hmm. And I've always spoke out against Kroenke. So immediately I saw that, I was like, and I started to look up, I'm like, this is the, this is, Kroenke is the number one guy. I, I, I feel like it was, a, it was a, I feel like it was his idea. Mm-hmm. He was the one that brought it up. He was, he was the one that, that, that pushed for this type of thing to happen. Mm-hmm. And I was left like, oh, this, this crazy ass team. Like, you're not playing well. And I felt like they were trying to get bailed out mm-hmm. for bad performances. Like, the team talks. Mm-hmm. You, you know what, you know what needs to be done. You need to invest in the team, mm-hmm. right? Invest obviously, responsibly or whatever. But, Invest in the team. Like, that's what you're going to do. And for me, again, it goes back to a lot of things. Like, I felt like Wenger held the team together for a long time. And I went, and Wenger leaving the team exposed a lot of things that, that Wenger, Wenger took the, um, took the, 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 the blame for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's what's going to, and, and I felt like everybody was, the team was trying to find a way to escape their reality. Mm-hmm. We don't, we can't play where we suck. We need to go back to figure out what we need to do better yeah. in, in terms of running the club off, on and off the pitch. Like and there's a lot of things that we can get into. I don't want to get into that now. It's not that's not the gist today. But that was a cop out. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I, I never, and a lot of Arsenal fans we were, we were like, oh, it'll benefit us, man. Nah, nah, I don't, I, I don't want us to, to get into the league that way. And I, I have many questions, like, what happens when we are last in that league? Mm-hmm. And we are tenth in our own league. <laughs> Is it going to stay there next year? Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to, I, I don't want to, I don't want to watch that. Like, no. Mm-hmm. We don't deserve it. It's not, it's not fun for me to watch. Let's end our thing on the pitch. That's it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Wow. Um, no, I, I mean, I certainly love that you're, you're objective in that way where like, you know, Arsenal do not deserve to be there and most likely Arsenal are going to end up being the whipping boys in that league if they were to ever make it anyways. Um, certainly, now, so obviously you, you've talked about how, you know, Stan Kroenke is a challenge, right? For Arsenal and Arsenal fans everywhere. I'm curious, do you, how do you feel as well when you know, managers clearly didn't seem to be aware of the Super League brewing at all. Because literally, even Klopp wasn't aware. Um, Pep didn't seem to have a clue. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was seemed clueless to everything that happened. How do you feel about that distance that's now starting to appear, where owners seem like they can just do anything they want, and managers are now almost like left in the dark again? You've already brought up the Arsene Wenger thing, where he was copying. It was like he was covering for bad ownership. How do you feel right. now that, you know, owners and even managers are now starting to have even more distance? How does that make you feel as a fan? I think, so I think there are two sides of it, right? I think, I think there's a manager that genuinely, and if you think about, if you remember Arsenal, for example, um, I, I thought I was the coach of the team last year. And I, I remember at the end of the year, they put out a statement saying he's not the manager of the team, right? Um, I do think that over time, like the guys like Wenger or Fergus, you know, were involved in the team on every side are going away. I think there's, I, I think it's probably the same as well. I think he's more involved in the running of the team as well. But I think that now we're going to a place where there's coaches who just want to coach mm-hmm. football and they don't care. Now, now I think that Feta is not one of those guys. And again, I, I don't think that I have, I have, I'm very heavy and I have an agenda of Feta. I, I think he knew, mm. right? Because, so if you look at what everybody said, we were like, okay, we heard about it on TV or whatever. We just didn't know, like, we didn't, like, we were notified ahead of time. I thought I said he didn't know anything about it at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I thought, no, he's a liar. So I feel like he was involved the whole time. I feel like he, and he had, he had made the whole thing, like, weeks before, how, how he was, um, always in communication with the, with the, with the, um, what's what I'm looking for? With the, with the ownership. Mm-hmm. I, and I've, some written the assumptions, and I, I feel like it's just me kind of using my eyes to kind of, Put one two together. I don't want to. They are not things that I can I can guarantee. Mm. But this I feel about these things. If you see where Tata handled Ozil, mm. it was he essentially took the side of the club mm. over Ozil, right? And I feel like he, he was going to do the same thing. Lucky for him, he, he didn't get to do an interview today before everything collapsed. Correct. I thought if he did the interview today, he would have, he would have, he would have essentially said some generic thing about oh, let's just focus on football. Something that doesn't answer any questions or show his feelings about the decision, mm-hmm. right? It's just something that, that, that is scripted by the club because I feel like he's an agent of the club. So and I feel like that's what it is. So there's coaches who are like, just want to coach. They don't care about what goes on behind the scenes. They just want to play football and coach football. And I feel like you, and, and you could see from their responses, mm-hmm. like the club, for example, is like, man, listen, we want to compete. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Pep, same thing. We want to compete. We don't like the idea of not being, of not, of not getting the benefits of competition, mm-hmm. right? And I felt like other coaches like uh, Atata were, going, were on the side of, and I, I think in some ways the Chelsea manager as well, the new boy, I forget his name. Um, you sure? I, I, I think he's more of a football, I just, I just want to coach football, I don't care what's going on, I just want to coach my football and go home. Uh-huh. Um, but a little bit of, you know, he's also, he just got a new job as well, you don't want him to start freaking out against the club, uh-huh. <laughs> you know? Exactly. And I feel like, yeah. 
So I, and then Ateta is on the edge where just, I feel like it's just a, an agent of the ownership. Because clearly that's the reason why I feel there in my opinion. Apart from the fact that we can see what we saw with Ozil um, and, and decide that he took, I feel like um, he, he's not performing, like he's, he's the worst manager we've had since I was born. Mm-hmm. And, he's, and, they, and they stick it back in him. And again, I don't want to get into this. You can say that there's an agenda of, of within Frank. <laughs> like there's, there's like all these pundits always talking about how he's a good coach. So like, how is he a good coach? We can see your results. But anyway, <laughs> like I said, I, I, I feel like he has, he, has, he has the ear of the owner and the owner has his ear as well. And I just feel like he's just, you know, he's just, a, he's just an agent of the coach. So that's kind of the, the range of um, emotions. But I feel like, 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 like you asked me, like I, I think ultimately this, we're going into a position where there's more coaches who just don't care about the business. They just want to kind of stick their head in and just, uh, you know, stick to the stick to the sport aspect of it. And as well, we are getting owners that they're just far far from the sport. Like Abramovich, when he came, he's played football fan. He wants to watch all the games. Mm-hmm. You know, he wants the team to do well. And now we're getting to the point where the owners, especially again, I'm, and I, again, I, I hate to say it, American owners don't care about the sport. They just want it's, to. It's the money. They see, they see it as investing, like in Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a great, it's a great, it's a great asset. It's gonna make me money. It's gonna get more valuable. Uh, and that's and how can I, how can I reduce costs and increase profits, increase revenue? That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, again, for those of us, because obviously we are in North America, and that is essentially how sports franchises are run here. Where you know, literally, right. you know that at some point in the future, you will have an opportunity to rebuild your franchise based on you know boom and bust cycles um the draft equalizes everything in north america right. so certainly they see it as like you know what it doesn't matter whether i invest or not at some point i'm going to get my run at it and you know we'll win the champions league or win one or two cups and then we'll leave it alone and you know and obviously even if we look at you know the model that has happened with fsg at liverpool and also arsenal actually right. funny enough stan Kroenke when he came he was a terrible owner since time wenger won him some cups and he was like eh, you know it's fine so i'm not going to invest in anything and since Wenger right. has left, we've not really won much other than, you know, the FA Cup and the um, community shield that Ateta won in a quick span. After that, nothing else has right. really happened. Um, you know, Liverpool now have won the Champions League and um, the Premier League back-to-back. And now, again, they're now going through their own bus. So I think they're pretty much familiar with that boom-bus cycle from American owners. You brought certainly a good point there where, like, American owners are certainly very, very different than... Um, English owners and also the guys who are doing, doing the investing FSG for example are a dedicated investment group as opposed to right. an Abraimo which exactly. like bought with his own money as opposed to using an investment group to purchase right um, so how now do, do you see this continuing um, you know you know the lesser owner was a fan from the, the you know Thailand um, you know rest right. in peace um, but he was an invested owner right like he literally died right. leaving the club game um, right you know, do you see this continuing, and do you think the Premier League will now put a stamp to American owners coming into the sport? How, how do you how do you think this is going to go? So this is the issue, mm-hmm. and, and and this is so for me. Okay, so by the way, I forgot to, uh, to say this. But my my first point when I saw this thing happen was I wasn't surprised. Mm. The reason I wasn't surprised is because, and I've been on this for at least two years now. Mm. And what what led me to this um, thought process was I watched the you probably watched this uh, show on Netflix called Sunday Till I Die. And it just kind of opened my eyes to the inefficiency of the European game. Like, it's crazy. We spent, the team spent, and one guy has been saying this for a long time. He's been fighting about this for years. Mm-hmm. Right? Club spent too much money, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not sustainable. Barcelona is the most valuable team in the world of any sport, mm-hmm. right? Right. I'm pretty sure their revenues are probably top five, top ten worldwide of right. any sport. Yeah. They won't be dollars in debt. Mm-hmm. This is crazy. So, 
what's going to happen is eventually, like, and, and the pandemic showed us a lot of things about why the game is not sustainable, about why we can't continue the way we're continuing spending money. I mean, you got in the debate about like transfers and whatever. You know, yeah, it, yeah. it was a good debate. But I, but the, we had, the whole point I was trying to make there is since cannot keep spending that, that amount of money on players. It's Correct. crazy. You're spending over half of how much you make every year. Uh-huh. And, I, and I went through the like, the, in, the, in the Premier League, which is the biggest league by far, for example. Yeah. Right? I went through the, the numbers of the transfers yeah. for the last five years. Everything, everything was in the red over the, five, over the last five years. Mm. Everything was in the red over five years. And that's going to lead to there's, there's a bunch of shows in America where they do, where there's like, um, they send the like entrepreneurs to come and take over a team, mm-hmm. so to take over a company and mm-hmm. turn it around. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what, that's what happened in England. That's how, that's how most of these guys got their clubs anyway. I mean, yeah. there's guys who like, he's talking with like Cronky and took over over time and bought 10% here, 15% here, and, yep. and did the whole side takeover, right? But it's, what, the other, the other thing is going to happen is going to be clubs are going to get in trouble financially. Mm-hmm. And American owners, because they have the most money anyway, <laughs> gonna come here and buy, and buy them, and buy them, and buy them, and buy them, buy them out of desperation, and do what they want to do anyway. So mm-hmm. for me, and this is somebody put something in our group uh, recently. Mm-hmm. I think it was this morning about there's there's so many thoughts about this whole thing, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> about um, what the guy, the Madrid president, talking about how like they haven't left, the, they haven't left the sport yet, they haven't left ESL yet, yeah. and um, you know, and and there's nobody has played the fine, blah 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 blah. And I feel like we should listen to him as well because. What he's saying makes a lot of sense. Number one, I feel like these clubs knew what they were doing the whole time. I I, I don't think that he did this thing, bro. If, if me and you can have these discussions over twenty four hours after seeing the seeing the message, yep. there's no way these guys just sit down in, in a room, billionaires, rich people, very smart people with their smart lawyers and advisors, and they have these conversations about them. Mm-hmm. So there's no way. I feel like they had they had they had their retraction messages ready. They wanted to see how people react. That's mm-hmm. what I feel like. In retrospect, now the way that we react to the ESL, mm-hmm. retract it, and you know, and, and, and kind of maybe we strategize for the future. Yeah. What they're trying, to, what they're trying to do is going to come. Yeah, it's yeah. going to come if football keeps going the way we're going with the with the inefficiency of spending. Mm-hmm. It's going to come regardless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it will come. Um, so yeah, that's what it is for me. It's going to come. It's just a matter of when. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, that aside, um, you know, obviously the business side and all those things that that's frustrating. As a fan, you know, once you know pandemic reopens and if you had the opportunity to, you know, watch ESL, you ever Champions League, do you care where Arsenal play or will you just watch it irrespective? I care, but mm-hmm. I'm, but I'm gonna try, try to answer for other people. Like I, I really, do, I really care. Like I'll be very, I might still watch the games, but like, so just off the top, even just me being an Arsenal fan, I've, I've not been as, as, as invested this year. Like back in when when I was a coach. Mm-hmm. Right, watch every interview. Watch every interview. Yeah, I, I watch every piece of content on us now, like from like on the website. Yeah, every interview, every press conference, everything. When Emery got there, his English wasn't great, so I wasn't listening to him as much. And then I thought I just, I just kind of fell out of love with him over time. And I just, I just kind of watched the games now, just to coast. Mm-hmm. I don't expect us to win. You know, somebody at the point where I just found myself like, man, this team is just, we're just going to shit. I'm, I'm not going to tie my emotions to this team anymore. Mm-hmm. And that would have continued with the ESL. Mm-hmm. Right, I'll, I'll become less and less interested. Now, this and this is the thing, and this is why, again, the the, the, the globalization of of, this, of of European soccer is very tricky because I feel like the fans in England will have struggled to support their clubs in the ESL. Mm-hmm. But this is, this is the thing: the owners don't care about the fans in in, in England. They're mm-hmm. not enough. Yeah, they care about they care about the fans globally, 
that will watch anyway. Guys in India will watch the sport. Guys in China will watch it. Nigerians probably will watch it. Like, you know, the dating guys in the like Nigerian guys on my Twitter. <laughs> they will watch. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Correct. Now, this is the other thing about it too. Not only will they watch, the guys in England will be, can be replaced by non-football fans or new football fans. Mm-hmm. The fans of the new, new modernized football mm-hmm. that are going to grow in America and all these other countries. Women, you know, things like halftime shows that, that they might start doing in the future. Yeah. Where, like, the women want to watch the halftime show or not the actual game. Mm-hmm. Those, are, those are things that an evolved football can do to bring a new fan base in. That can mm. place the English fan base. So mm. those England English teams, and that's why they have to fight very hard because I don't think they understand what it is. They are not going to be important in the future, like the way we're going to go. Yeah. <laughs> and people, people like me, you know, people like me, you won't be that important either. Like we that are hardcore fans of the sport, right? Because as big as the game is, there's a lot of people that don't watch football right now, correct? And um, those guys can be enticed, like mm-hmm. American. Americans, for example, don't like sports, don't like soccer generally because it's not a lot of corn. Some games can be 0-0, zero, zero, so it's not active. If they make it more active, guess who's going to watch it? Americans will watch it. Mm. Right? And then we might be mad. Maybe mm. one goal not counts, maybe one goal counts as three points. <laughs> one goal, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah. And Americans might like that more than, more than we do. And so now it's just going to be a matter of mm. the old is going and the new is coming in. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> mm. um, I I personally would have um, would have lost a lot, a lot more interest, and I feel like I would have lost even more because like we're not we're not going to compete now. The other part about it as well is that this right year was kind of intriguing. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, like the NFL, the fact that every every team can afford every player in theory. Yeah. Yeah, because there's a cap. That's the thing that might happen in in, in ESL as well, at least with the 15 team, because if they're always there, then they're guaranteed all the team every year. They guarantee all the money every year, so then they can become competitive mm. in the league. So that's one way it could have gone. Um, it could have made the ESL so awesome um, that we just all want to watch it because it's just so intriguing. Because I want to talk about Americans not caring about the sport. They know how to put on a spectacle. Like, American sports are very fun to watch. I agree. Right? Agreed. And, and I feel like they could have found a way to kind of make the product very interesting to watch mm-hmm. as well. Like, that was, that, was, that was another thing that could have happened. Is that they could have made the sport so interesting. Now to affect everybody else, like the, all the other 200, 200 500 teams in Europe mm-hmm. have sucked, right? Mm-hmm. But the ESL have just been like the marquee product that everyone just won't watch. Yeah. Like, and they just squeeze out money out of that. So that's so that the thing that could happen as well. So I can't really... So maybe this year I would have not watched, but it gets to the point where it's like, bro, this game is so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> we got to do, do, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. there are so many ways that you think could have gone. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it was very intriguing to debate and go back and forth and get so many perspectives on, on this whole thing because so many things could have happened. Mm-hmm. And I, I, like I said to you, I think I think that we're still gonna. I think that this is a, this is a warning sign at the least mm-hmm. of of things of things to come. Yeah. Um, in football, if, mm-hmm. if things don't change with the way the you know the clubs are run and the way the sport is run in general. Mm-hmm. You know, you bring up an interesting point, obviously, with the salary cap situation with the NFL, right? Like, in theory, uh, every team can afford every player that they have on their roster. Right. And the interesting thing that that would then obviously introduce is a situation where, for example, a Neymar does not care how much the club is paying him because whether I'm at Arsenal, whether I'm at Manchester City, whether I'm at Liverpool, whether I'm at Everton, whoever is in the ESL can afford me. So it doesn't really right. matter. You have a cap on how much the salary is. I can essentially be, in theory, the franchise player of, you know, Tottenham. And it, it right. doesn't matter because all of us can all be afforded equally. It's not a matter of every team will not have to pick and choose who are the affordable players they can have. And then the rest of you, just like, you know, you have to go elsewhere. So, for example, Kane, going to Real Madrid is not possible anymore because Real Madrid are capped at how much they can spend as opposed to now exactly. where they can just keep spending in, in, like, in perpetuity 
I keep affording as many people compared to the others because they make more money than others. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Now, now obviously the last piece because obviously this is a fantasy podcast. Would you have played a fantasy that had the Super League, um, you know, obviously as a league? And obviously if the Big Six were to no longer be in the Premier League, would you play fantasy without the Big Six? Um, I'm not going to lie to you, man. <laughs> the, Premier, the Premier League, and, and this is why, like, everybody was trying to... The, the, the EPA would have worked without the six teams in there. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you know what? Maybe it will, maybe it won't. Maybe it will, because, like, I watch other leagues that are not exciting. You know, so maybe... I, I, I'll probably have done both. I don't know if I'll, I'll have continued doing both over time. And so if, 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 um, if we're saying that maybe the ESL became just way more exciting. Um, because, like, now, I, I, don't really, I, don't, I don't know if there's a championship Fantasy League, for example. Mm-hmm. I don't watch the Champions as much. So I don't know if over time, we'll have, I probably will have done it maybe next year, if they did it next year, maybe two, three years ahead of time. But I, eventually, as, as the, the, the thing became wider and wider, the gap became wider and wider and wider, mm-hmm. maybe not. You know what I'm saying? Maybe not. Because, it, again, just like Championship, like nobody does, I don't even know if there's a Fantasy League mm-hmm. on the top, just to, to worry about even playing, right? Um, so maybe maybe in the initial initial stages of it probably, mm. um, but yeah, I just want to make another another point very quickly about this whole thing. I, sure. I just have to get it out, right? So, <laughs> and this is what I was saying again in in our group chat. Florentino Perez, right? Mm-hmm. What he's trying to do, and he's, and, and, and it's become very clear now in the last two days since the collapse. He's trying to get more money to spend on players, and I feel like he doesn't understand the way those. Those bosses or those guys are on the, on the other team that I'm, especially the American ones, I don't think he understands like what their goal is, mm. right? He is trying to be able to get more money so he can buy King from Tottenham mm-hmm. and, and have a super team within the Super League, right? I don't think that he understood that the ultimate goal was not going to be that; it was going to be profit making for for the team and the league itself, and he was going to become the villain eventually. Mm-hmm. And um, but I, I, just, I, just, I just wanted to make that point because I, I feel like there was already clearly a, 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 a so right now I feel like those guys are enemies right now, mm-hmm. but they are, but but they have the same short term goals, mm-hmm. and eventually over time the goals will diverge, and and what's happening now happens again because if you think about it as well, the EPL, all these guys, the Lina owners, everybody, they were all they're all in the same living rooms and the same meeting boardrooms, sharing money mm-hmm. essentially, right? Yeah. And now, the, now, now, over time, the goals are diverging, mm. right? I see. Yeah. And it's going to keep happening like that over and over because, and I, I, like, like, like I've been saying, I think the, the problem is the is, is, the, is the structure of European football so far, and 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 these things are tied to not just not just the football itself, it's tied to the economy. Mm-hmm. Europe, Europe is going to shit. Like, <laughs> most of those, <laughs> like I, I, was, I was telling my friend recently, I'm like, some MLS teams are getting more. More like fans in the stadium before, before before the pandemic. There's some games in Italy, and mm. Spain, mm. right? Yeah. So with those games, when I when you see those highlights, with those games in Italy, nobody's in the stadium. Mm-hmm. MLS games are always full. So you, so even just apart from the fact of all the, the, the you know the league spending and things, the guys, the the OG fans of this sport in those countries mm. are getting poorer and poorer. They have less disposable income. Ticket prices are going up. So what are we talking about? Mm-hmm. Right. 
So I just want to make that point real quick. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, certainly, certainly. I mean, understandably, you want to make that point. Um, you know, like for, for me, looking at that as well, obviously with, with England leaving the EU, that's also going to present, present its own challenge when, you know, foreign players can no longer, you know, right. randomly just transition. And all those demarcations with political, whatever instability that's going to happen in Europe over time, especially with, you know, the pandemic raising so much debt in a bunch of governments and, you know, the EU having the euro that has to balance all that with different um, countries within the EU zone. No, certainly, um, really, really insightful stuff we've we've shared obviously throughout this podcast. Um, certainly, this is you know game week thirty three that's going to be upon us shortly. Um, you know, obviously, we're going to maybe at the end of the season revisit these kind of conversations again, looking at the season that had just happened twenty twenty slash you know season game. Um, <laughs> let me say that one more time. Season twenty 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 one has been a doozy in so many different directions. Obviously, a COVID season where, you know, there were no fans in the stadium. Um, a lot of players were unable to play. A lot of games rescheduled. And obviously now, the Europe Super League coming in to add extra basketballs to the season. Um, Maya, really, really great having you. Um, I'll bring you back at the end of the season. And obviously, we'll rediscuss the entire season in review. Thanks, my G. Talk to you oh, soon. Thanks for having me. You know, I campaign for this thing very heavily. So I'm happy to be here. <laughs> no problem, Matthew. Great having you. Uh, thank you so much, bro. Talk to you soon.